We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. I'm your host, Billy Marshall. And folks, we've made it. The NFL draft is finally here. After that Friday, past 5 p.m., beginning of March, Carolina has been on the clock, and they will finally make a selection at number one overall to kick off the 2023 draft. And a lot of momentum, very strong momentum is heading towards the pick being Bryce Young. And many of you know that John and I are fully on board with that selection. He's been our QB1, or at least he's been my QB1, uh, since I really dug into the film and studied this closer. And uh, I think this is the right direction that they're going to go to. Um, but for this episode in particular, I just want to make sure that uh, I try to give you guys some of my scouting reports. I know we're a little late here. Uh, but with the we've spent a lot of time discussing the quarterbacks. Uh, we want to give you guys an opportunity to hear at least my perspective on some of the other players that Carolina is going to be considering uh, in the next six rounds. And they have a pretty valuable pick in the second round at 39th overall. And this is just my perspective. Again, I have no intel or anything like that. I would not be surprised if Carolina trades down. You know, Scott Fitter, a couple of years ago, he really made it a priority to accumulate picks just because um, it's very, like, the volume of draft, like, drafting is in an exact science. It just simply is. Like, no matter how well you think you've scouted all these guys and you've studied their personality and you've done psychological and cognition testing, whatever, at the end of the day, scouting young men to come into the NFL, it's a very, very difficult business. And... I believe that now that Scott Fitter and the front office has full control over uh, the personnel decisions, at least with the draft, uh, I, I think that they might make it a priority to trade down because they did give up a lot of assets to trade up to number one. Uh, I would not be surprised, especially uh, if a few players are off the board that they were considering, that they would trade down. Now, if a guy like... Jackson Smith and Jigba falls to them at 39. I think that's a no-brainer. I don't expect that to happen, by the way. But uh, I, I think that I would not be surprised. Again, I think that they're going to try to move down, pick up some more day three picks, especially early day three picks, like fourth and fifth round. Uh, again, not a lot of people are just going to brush it off and say whatever. But don't forget, a couple years ago, Carolina had the option of drafting Trey Smith in the sixth round, and unfortunately, it didn't happen for them as we've. Uh, made clear on this show many times but uh, 
there's a couple of different options Carolina can go in, and I'm going to share some of my scouting reports with you guys as far as uh, what players could be available in that spot, uh, and also kind of detailing what other options they can go for. I think the first thing to mention here is what positions do we think Carolina is going to consider at 39 overall or in that second round area if they do trade back. I think one area that is obviously of utmost concern, especially after the injury news, is trading or excuse me, selecting an edge rusher. Uh, I know that they've brought in some edge rushers for visits. I think BJ Ojolari was the guy that they brought in, um, and a few other guys that they could consider there, uh, like Will McDonald if he's on the board. I don't expect him to be. Uh, the same thing with um, Felix Anaduke Uzama. Uh, I don't. Ex- he might be on the board, but uh, let me just give you like kind of my rundown of what I feel about the edge rusher position. I'm a big fan of BJ Ojolari. Um, first of all, I mean he's the brother of Aziz Ojolari. He had 16 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles in three seasons. He racked up 25 tackles for losses in three years and. Uh, he wore the number 18 at LSU, which is given to the player who uh, has a lot of uh, leadership traits. He's like the captain of the defensive side of the ball. And uh, with Ojolari, like he he is very similar to his brother. Like he has um, very good bend. He converts speed to power pretty well. He has a pretty decent long arm ghost move where uh, he can get underneath the offensive tackle and uh, use his ankle flexion and dip to really affect the quarterback Um, but another part of his game that I was a little surprised by was uh, he's okay in the run game I thought he'd be a little better Uh, I think he sets a pretty good edge but uh, I do think that he doesn't really maintain his anchor very well I think a lot of that has to do with you know how he's um, you know dropping his hips and trying to anchor at the point of attack and I think he's technically like aware of what he should be doing but he doesn't really strike violently and um you know he does he tries to do the right thing but more often than not he's washed out more often than not in that aspect and i think ojalari would be a decent option and a decent pick for them my only concern is this okay with brian burns's injury um they're they're going to want to make sure they select a player who is medically cleared Ojolari at his pro day, he mentioned that he had a hamstring injury, and that really affected him because if you watch his three cone, it, it was a 7-4-4, and there's no way that BJ Ojolari, a healthy player, would run a 7-4-4 three cone. There's just no way that would feasibly happen. Like, the worst he could do is probably like a 7-1-5 or 7-2 at worst. So he's clearly still recovering from, uh, he mentioned that he pulled his hamstring. I just wonder that because of the fact that they want healthy guys in there who can come in and contribute from day one, I'm just not sure if Ojolari is going to be that guy that can come out of there and uh, contribute day one. Because I, I think they're going to be pretty cautious with uh, guy, injured guys, especially in the first three rounds. And that's where it comes back to trading down, accumulating a couple more assets, just giving yourself more opportunities. Now, I'm going to trade down and you get him like in the 45, 46 range. Yeah, go for it. I have no reservations. I mean, I, I personally wouldn't have any reservations taking him at 39. I just, I'm not sure if they would feel the same way. Again, the medicals, they're so big when it comes to the draft. If you remember a couple years ago, 
Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was the really hot name in that second round when he kept uh, dropping and dropping and dropping. And many people, especially uh, John and I, were wondering if he was an option for Carolina because uh, they were wondering, like, are they going to trade back for him? But uh, they didn't. And the player they actually drafted was an, another player who's had some durability issues, which is Terrace Marshall Jr. And, um, and again, like when you play at a program like LSU, which is where Ojolari also played, um, you're playing not only elite competition week in, week out on Saturdays, but in practice throughout the summer and spring, you are going up against uh, five stars and four stars. And that does take a toll. And I just wonder that um, if they go in a different direction there. And uh, let, let me give you guys another I'm using this ESPN mock analytics tool just because it's it's a really useful resource just to figure out which players will be available. Um, the next guy I want to mention is Felix Anaduke Uzama because I think he is also a guy that could be in consideration at that spot. And for me, um, I'll just call him FAU because that's what his initials go by. I mean, he has uh, an elite first step. I mean, he play he is long, he's athletic, he plays very, very well. Uh, Energetic. I mean, he plays like a thousand miles an hour and he has uh, some technical issues that he has. But w- when I watched him against the run, that was a point he could play with leverage and strength. He's able to get off blocks. He locates the ball. He's a pretty solid tackler. So he has a uh, decent enough range where uh, even if you know he gets swarmed on the edge a little bit, he can still get off the tackle and make a play for a limited gain. And uh, I think that he has a lot of raw upside and uh, he produced pretty well at in the big 12 and he went against some pretty good co- competition guys like Anton Harrison. I will say he got, he, I wouldn't say, he, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but he did not have a good game against Anton Harrison. Uh, the projected first round offensive tackle from Oklahoma. He really struggled against him. Uh, but he again he has a ton of upside I really think that he's uh, a guy that is just coming into his own and uh, for me I again I would not be surprised if he's under consideration at that 33rd spot as well and um, moving on I'm not sure if there's any other uh, outside linebacker register again Will McDonald I'm projecting him to go in the first round I don't think he'll be available um I'm not sure. Derek Hall is another interesting name. I mean, I do like his game a little bit. I think he's a solid player. Um, you know, for me with, with Hall, I, I think the biggest thing is that he's, again, the same way. He's also relentless. He has length and he, again, pretty good range. He, the amount of ground he's able to cover in a few steps is impressive. He has the bend, rip, and explosion. Uh, in 2021, there was a play, I think, against uh, Alabama where uh, Bryce Young coincidentally scrambled out of the pocket and Hall just came out of nowhere and you know, really stopped him for a minimal game. And, and and so, yeah, that first step, it's there. And you better not, an offensive tackle better not come off slow because there is a ton of violence in the way he attacks and he has this really nice uh, chop and whether it's against the run, I think he holds very well against the run. He has a very um, good instincts and feel for setting an edge and reading out run concepts. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I think that he's a pretty decent op. Again, I'm not sure if I would take feel comfortable taking him at 39, 
but again, a trade down option or potentially even a third round, I think is a better area. Uh, but those are the like the couple defensive or the edge rushers that I would consider uh, at that spot. Again, if Will McDonald's on the board, then yeah, you sprint to the podium. I, I have some questions about McDonald holding up in the run game, but uh, I mean, he was uh, played a little out of position at um, Iowa State. He played a four-eye technique, and that's a very similar defense to what Phil Snow played here in, or implemented here in Carolina. Uh, but yeah, if Will McDonald's on the board at 39, I think you sprint to the podium and, and you make that selection. But uh, again, a, a lot of mocks and just a lot of projections have McDonald going in the first round. And I don't think that given the uh, lack of draft picks that Carolina currently has, that they're in a position to trade up. Um, the next position I want to you know, discuss here is which wide receivers and tight ends could be on the board. Uh, Darnold Washington, he took a 30 visit here. Um, you know, this analytics, ESPN analytics tool has him, Laporta, and Strange on the board. Um, the guys that I would consider options at 39 would be probably Washington and Laporta. Uh, let's just make it clear with Darnold Washington. I mean, this guy is a freak among freaks. And uh, there have been some rumors and some questions about uh, some of his medicals uh, i personally don't really have the intel for that uh, like i said i can only judge what i see on film and what i saw on film is an elite blocker who has a lot more suddenness and quickness than people give him credit for i mean this is still an elite athlete he tested like one at the combine and uh for me i, I think that this would be a pretty sound pick if all the medicals are cleared I mean, in the run game, he strikes with so much violence. He's able to just create vertical displacement quickly off the snap. Um, he's able to just completely like change your run game and really create numbers for you uh, when you are running to his side. And I think as a pass catcher, he really has some ups, uh, some upside. And I think that he's able to attack seams and uh, really go get the ball in the air. I mean, he showed that he's a threat after the catch. Uh, you can use him on screens and flat routes to start off before he gets comfortable running a full route tree. But I think as a tight end too, I, I, I certainly would consider him and he would be a very uh, huge red zone threat for them. So Donald Washington is a guy that I think that they uh, might consider. And I'm just curious about the visit that he took and if that was mainly because of medical issues or if there were some other uh, concerns that they potentially had but um, yeah I, I definitely think he would be an option um, a, a very good option that if they were to consider to go that way um, now let's go to wide receiver and I want to have this discussion because I maintain that the Panthers still need multiple wide receivers and I mentioned it on previous shows and for me like I think that the front office has done a pretty admirable job of filling in the holes at receiver with Chark and Thielen. But uh, like I mentioned, Chark has not shown an ability to stay healthy the past couple years, and he's on a one-year deal. Adam Thielen's in his 30s, and he had did show some drop-off. And again, these are solid receivers, but still, like uh, Caroline needs to also figure out how to add youth to the receiver room. Because it at the end of the day, like wide receiver, it's a young man's game. And... Very interesting hearing Scott Fitter's press conference last week where he said there was one receiver who took a 30 visit uh, that really stood out to him. And I just wonder if that player is Jonathan Mingo. Uh, for me, Mingo is, he is just a very intriguing prospect. I mean, 
the way he was deployed, uh, I think Greg Cosell mentioned it, the way he was deployed at Ole Miss was very similar to the way that Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown were deployed in college. And they played him everywhere. Lane Kiffin realized that he can't just be stuck on the outside. They put him at H-back. They put him in the backfield. They put him in the slot. Um, that's where he really broke out. And he ran a full variety of routes um, from those positions. So he has versatility playing all over the formation. But uh, what intrigues me the most about him is what he can do with the ball in his hands. Like He has a very natural motion to just catch the ball cleanly natural hands but then the way he's able to just quickly catch it take one turn and explode upfield that shows a fluidity in his game as well uh, I don't think he's necessarily an elite route runner he's a pretty decent one uh, but he has the athleticism to really take the top off a of defense uh, he's shown a very good propensity of going up and making a play on the ball and he's shown that he can uh, compete at the catch point I mean, Jonathan Mingo, for me right now, he is should be under strong consideration at 39. Uh, I think this would be an outstanding pick for them. A few other names that they could potentially consider there. Um, Jaden Reed, like in the second, third round, Jaden Reed, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, uh, Michael Wilson, um, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs. I think that, and Tyler Scott. I think that those are guys that they would also consider. Let's start with Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, okay? I'm just, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not a fan of Jalen Hyatt at all. Uh, I think he, for what he does, he is a fast guy, but there were a lot of projections, at least that I read uh, before the comment, that he was expected to run a 4-3. And I'm not saying running a 4-4 is slow, it's not. But what his game is built on is taking the top off speed vertically. And if he can't run a 4-3, then running a 4-4 kind of minimizes his value in that aspect. But at the same time, he also played in a very... Um, I want—I don't want to call it a gimmick offense. I, I have a lot of respect for Josh Heupel, but it, it's an offense that benefits receivers at the end of the day. And a lot of the receivers that have come out of the Art Briles system, uh, let's just be honest, they have not succeeded in the NFL. So that kind of makes me a little wary of him. Now, for his teammate Tillman, the thing about Tillman is that he actually ran a more diverse route tree, and he was—he played like a prototypical X. So he is that like big-bodied guy who uh, runs like a. I mean, he like, let's just. I don't want to make this comparison because it's not this type of player, but he's like a DJ Moore type. Um, you know, very big. You could run a diverse set of routes. Um, competes at the catch point. I have a higher grade on Tillman than I do Hyatt. Michael Wilson from Stanford is a similar player too. Tillman, he's the X receiver. At the Senior Bowl, he's shown me quite a bit. He has a this very nice hop step um, release at the line of scrimmage where he's able to bait defenders into going one way. He's able to create um, a very nice release. I thought he had a very uh, encouraging performance against Christian Gonzalez uh, when the two faced each other in 2022. And uh, Again, similar to Tillman, that prototypical X type receiver. I, I, I 39 is probably a little too rich to consider him, but in uh, the third round, I think he'd be a decent option. Marvin Mims, Josh Downs, and Tyler Scott, they each have uh, different strengths and weaknesses. But um, as far as Downs is concerned, I mean, th this is a guy that just understands route pacing. I mean, he is, I'm sure many North Carolina fans who have watched him for the past three years can agree that he is an exciting watch. But uh, what really just 
stands out about his game is the way he's able to change speeds and really get bait defenders into um, jumping one way or cutting one way. He's able to just use his route tempo and create plenty of separation. Um, I think he's a slot only, though. Uh, But if you just watch the way he drops his weight and cuts on a dime at the top of the route stem, uh, I think it's certainly a prospect that runs plenty of clean routes, and I would uh, strongly uh, advocate for Carolina if they took him. Marvin Mims, uh, yeah, again, same thing with him. Mims is uh, very intriguing for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one is uh, the year he played in 2021 with Caleb Williams and Rattler, I-, I thought he showed that he is just a competitor at the catch point. Like Josh Downs, like these are two smaller guys, um, but they play big, and I think that's a credit to them. And uh, both of those guys uh, have shown that they can use their speed to take the top off the defense and run clean routes. And uh, yeah, Mims and Downs, I'd probably have run the same tier. Uh, Tyler Scott, for me, though, is one that I really, uh, the more I watch, the more I really enjoy him. And I, I think that this is a guy that they should strongly consider wherever, in the second or third round. Uh, he just has the speed to take off a de- a def- take the top off a of defense uh, but uh, what really just showed his versatility in this game is how he's able to run the ball after the catch and that's not one thing that I mean Jalen Hyatt he definitely has speed but Scott he's able to just grab catch a screen pass and then get up field with you know, very easy movement I mean he is a, a very fun player to watch I mean he has sprinting level speed at all three levels, and he can also change his gears, and he has a short area agility to sell double moves, and the way he's able to separate on comebacks and digs at the top of routes shows the fluidity in his lower body. Uh, so, yeah, Tyler Scott, I've just been a huge fan of his throughout this entire process. Uh, and Jaden Reed, uh, for me, Reed, he really showed out at the Senior Bowl too, but I think you have to go back to his 2021 tape to really get a better idea of his game. And, um, you know, he uses subtle, subtle hesitation to create separation. Uh, he has the foot quickness and impressive, really impressive hands at the catch point. And one more thing about him that I have really enjoyed um, when I've watched him is he has faced some really good corners uh, the past couple of years. Uh, especially last year when he went against um, uh, Witherspoon from Illinois and Deontay Banks. Um, It's been a really, like, you know, pleasure-just-seen type of athletes that he's competing against. And uh, he also, at the Senior Bowl, posted the fastest GPS time in practice at 20.04. So, and let me just read what they wrote here. It's just, like, his ability to just change speeds and get full speed after hesitation like i've said it just it just sticks out and every he is dynamic i mean that's one way to describe it and he has like a very similar skill set to like a tyler tyler lock it's probably a little bigger um and he's shown also like the like mims and downs that he can go up and make a play at the catch point um yeah pretty big fan of Jaden reed uh throughout this entire process i think carolina should uh strongly consider him on day two because i don't think either either of these guys will be available on day three i mean if they are then that would be quite a uh quite a surprise um but okay so let's go to 
uh, cornerback because I've also read some things that Carolina could potentially be considering a corner in this area of the draft. Um, so looking here at this ESPN analytics tool, Julius Brent, Tyreek Stevenson, Keely Ringo, Cam Smith, Riley Moss, Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, Clark Phillips, Corey Trice, and uh, Darius Rush. So among this group, I'll be honest with you guys, I am probably a my I'm probably the biggest fan of Corey Trice among all of these guys. I just get a lot of Tariq Woolen vibes from him. Um, I just I I, I see the same skill set as far as like the ball production. The way he's able to use his length at the catch point and disrupt passes and make plays in the ball. Uh, I mean, for a big guy, like he has, he just knows how to, he has no hip stiffness whatsoever, in my opinion. And if he does, it's very little of it. He's able to just flip his hips on a dime and really just show that fluid footwork in and out of his breaks. And he does a really nice job of reading a quarterback's eyes and zone he has good read and react skills uh, I, I think that he is extremely underrated Phillips and Hodges Tomlinson they're both smaller guys I'm not sure if either would be in under consideration uh, probably both are like uh, slot options I, I mean I don't really think Carolina is looking for that I think they really have to figure out uh, you know how to f- you know get production out of a uh a defensive back who can um, play outside opposite J.C. Horn. Uh, and the thing with Ringo and Cam Smith, uh, I think both of those are outside guys, uh, but neither can play off coverage. I mean, b- when I watched both of them play off coverage, it wasn't pretty. Both of those guys, even Ringo is very disappointed with his arm length. I thought he'd be at least a 32-inch arm. 31 is less than 50%. 50 50 percentile arm length and um yeah he ran a fast 40 but uh unlike some of the other guys i've mentioned like trice uh he is very stiff in his hips and he struggles to change directions and the same thing with cam smith again a long guy he does have the arm length um but for me when he played off coverage he really struggled and the same thing with ringo these guys are definitely talented players uh but i'm just not sure how well of a scheme fit they are for carolina because in this Fangio style defense, uh, you're going to be playing a lot of zone defense and you have to read and react to routes coming. Um, an, an underrated guy that I think they could consider that even at 39 would be Tyreek Stevenson from Miami. Uh, he actually is a pretty good tackler. And I think that matters a lot when you're playing in this type of defense where uh, you're potentially going to have a lot of underneath routes. You have to be reliable tackler. And for me, like Stevenson, uh, one area where he really excels is tackling. Julius Brents, um, yeah, he has like the prototypical height, length, weight, speed, everything that you like. Um, he he's extremely long. I just I just really worry about uh, his overall game. He just seems to be a little reckless in terms of how he uh, uses his length. It just does not come off very natural. Um, but again, you can't really teach that type of athleticism and uh, body type. So he probably could go early i just again i just worry a little about his fit in this scheme um but that's sort of the positions that you know i've haven't marked for carolina i know there's some people who said that defensive tackle could be an area that they would address i'm not sure i agree i I really don't um 
I don't think they would consider a running back this early, especially if Jameer goes in the first round, which it seems like a lot of insiders are projecting him to. Um, but yeah, I think that for me personally, I think wide receiver has to be under strong consideration. And if I were to rank the guys right now, um, let me just give you guys my draft ranking of these wide receivers. So you have an idea of how it all stacks up. Number one, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, number two, and this is all in one tier. I have Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, uh, Josh Downs, Jonathan Mingo, Tyler Scott, Cedric Tillman, Marvin Mims, and Jaden Reed. Then that next tier, I have guys like Jalen Heights at the top of that here, and then A.T. Perry, Tank Dell, Michael Wilson, Rasheed Rice, uh, Rakeem Jarrett, Don Tavian Wicks, Parker Washington. C.J. Washington, he's an interesting uh, prospect if they are looking for a big slot uh, and then I have Kayshawn Boutte and Charlie Jones. I think Jones had some visits here. Um, I think as a day three guy, he's a pretty interesting player. But uh, let's go to my tight end rankings real quickly here. Uh, my number one tight end is Michael Mayer. Uh, no questions asked. And then number two, I have Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington, kind of 2A, 2B. I'm a little more worried about Kincaid's back in his medicals. And again, I probably shouldn't say that, but um, there's no such thing as a minor back injury. I mean, he's 24 years old, too, and... Um, think that usc game really just elevated his stock uh and then after that i have luke musgrave uh, i think he's an interesting guy uh, i really like his athleticism i think he showed a decent potential at the senior bowl i have sam laporta uh, and then tucker craft and then that next year right behind that i have schoonmaker from michigan brenton strange from penn state uh, and then my final tier is will mallory and zach Kuntz. Uh, and let's just go to my edge rusher rankings uh, so you guys have that um let's start at the top will anderson is in a tier by himself and then i have tyree wilson and nolan smith uh, and then that tier below them i have will mcdonald lucas van s felix anduke uzama bj old jelari keon white um and i know a lot of people are probably going where where's miles murphy well i'm not as high as miles on miles murphy as others i i think that he still does not understand how to rush to passer like he obviously has plenty of power and strength in his hands and i think he's going to be like a day one really strong run defender uh, i just i'm a little lower on him than most and uh, we'll see how it ends up but uh yeah and then next year it starts with miles murphy Derek hall isaiah foskey isaiah mcguire guy that i've really became to like over this process lonnie phelps byron young from tennessee zach harrison and Tuli uh to Pelotu, i believe is his last name and then uh finally um cornerback uh we'll do christian gonzalez is my top ranked and then i have deontay banks number two devin weatherspoon three uh joey porter jr Corey trice emmanuel forbes dj turner cam smith keely ringo and then the next here is julius brents clark phillips tyreek stevenson um, oh, before I forget, one more position that I think Carolina is obviously going to have some interest in is linebacker. Uh, I forgot, off-ball linebacker at least, and a few guys that I think that will be on the board in this spot without question. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't, I don't know if they will be on the board or not, but I think there's like four players that I kind of really want to mention, and there's usually the four top players. Number one, Jack Campbell. I mean, Jack Campbell is your prototypical like, like nineteen or early two, like Brian Urlacher type um, inside linebacker, just with like his 
size and his ability to move i think that he's your prototypical inside backer i know he tested really well i did not see personally that ability that fluidity i think he is a little stiff to change directions at times um but when you're talking about read and react i mean when this guy reads something and reacts to it he closes downhill and he hits very very strong like he strikes a violent um you know, he has violent hands. The way he's able to just close on a ball, I mean, it's extremely impressive. And he delivers body blows. Uh, and again, and like I said, in coverage, I do think he needs to develop a little work and getting on top of his drop smoother. Uh, I know he's been working with Luke Keekley on that, but, um, you know, Luke Keekley was just an alien. I don't think we should compare him to anyone. Uh, but if he's there at 39, I, I certainly think he would um, be an option. Uh, my second rated linebacker, uh, is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Uh, and Sanders is a interesting guy because he started off at Alabama and he was an edge rusher there. So uh, unfortunately it didn't work out for him and he transferred last year to Arkansas. Uh, there's a lot of Anthony Barr to his game. I mean, he has very, like what I was surprised with is like he has innate linebacker traits and he has the ability to rush to pass or two. And what stood out when I was watching is just how quickly and instinctively he's able to read a play, whatever it is, whatever concept it is, run or pass. And he has the re trigger and ability to work through trash that I think is very important. And when I say trash, I mean through like uh, different blockers, whenever a player's blocked up, he does a really nice job of navigating and gliding his way into those situations. Um, one guy I know they have interest in because he visited on a top 30 visit was Dayon Henley from Washington State. Uh, for me, Henley, he he was a very tough eval. Just because like what I saw at the Senior Bowl is that he was unblockable in those one-on-one uh, drills against running backs. He was just simply unblockable. And I did not necessarily see that type of athleticism when I watched his games, but there were certainly flashes, especially against USC. If you watch him in that game, he was very impressive. Uh, and I, I think for him, it's that he can definitely run with receivers and tight ends. And, but I just wonder like how effective is he at getting into his drops and zone and how well can he read and react? And that's very tough for me on the outside to understand because I don't really know the play calls. Um, but I think there was there were times where he was just a, a very on film at least it looked like he was late reacting. Um, and then the last guy, number four guy, is Trenton Simpson from Clemson. Uh, again, I'm sure a lot of local people are familiar with him. He went to Mallard Creek High School in Charlotte. Twelve and a half career sacks, twenty two and a half career tackles for losses. Uh, he was a third team All ACC. Uh, but I, I think he has some very similar traits to, you know, these quick linebackers that come out year after year. I think the guy that really stood out um, to me was a guy who went, uh, yeah, I can't forget his name. Um, well, I already forgot his name. Um, the guy for the, the Jets, uh, Quincy Williams. Uh, he plays very, like, just energetic with his hair on fire. Um 
he is extremely athletically gifted. I mean, again, like Campbell, he strikes hard. He blitzes with intensity. He has the length and speed. But again, how well can you really, um, you know, does he necessarily have the size? He has a size. Does he have the weight to hold up? Uh, there were times that he did have uh, some moments where he got clogged up in, against the run. So, uh, yeah, an interesting player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a linebacker at 39 and rather they not. Again, I'm going to keep harping on it. I really hope they uh, consider a wide receiver, and if not, a small trade down to take an edge rusher is probably the next best option. Um, but that's going to be kind of just some of my, uh, my own evaluations as we stand here today. Um, yeah, again, most of us do expect Bryce Young to be the pick, and we've we're gonna have a show tomorrow after the draft as well. But uh, I just want to get that out there for you guys. And uh, if they don't pick one of these players that we or uh, that I discussed, then I will also do uh, provide the scouting reports of other players. But uh, that's gonna be it for myself this evening. Thank you guys again for joining, and uh, enjoy everything tomorrow. It should be very fun seeing Carolina pick number one overall. Is not something we want to see in the future, so hopefully this is the last time. But uh, enjoy everything, and we'll talk to you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.